If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started now. Welcome to the Money Vikings Podcast, where we conquer financial freedom. Join Greg, Jerry, and Bob as they discuss everything investing and personal finance. The Money Vikings Podcast is hosted by three dads who are doing what they can each day to burn down debt and build wealth. Learn the path to true wealth. Their podcast and website, moneyvikings.com, is a treasure trove of ideas. So without further ado, here they are, the Money Vikings. Gators and Vikings together for the first time, talking about stocks, investments, and all things wealth building. Welcome to the Money Vikings podcast, number 39, everybody. Bob, Jerry, you there? We hey, are. We are. That was, that was pretty, that was a tame intro, dude. Yeah. I, not not as crazy as my as my ones from the yeah. past, but. Uh, are you feeling okay? Yeah, not as funny. Good. I missed the yeah. cheesy, corny one. <laughs> Who are, where's Greg? <laughs> Hey, I'm, I'm pumped for this show. We've got a very special guest with us today from GatorTraders.com, G-A-T-O-R-Traders.com. Brian, are you with us? I am. How are you doing? Very good. Thank, awesome. you for, thank you for joining us. Uh, we're, we are uh, stoked to have you on the show um, and just, just hear about how, how you trade and all the sort of uh, you know, nuggets of uh, knowledge and and uh trading wisdom that you can uh pass on to us and and uh our our mutual audiences um and first of all thanks a lot for for the support of our show and uh we hope to return the favor uh uh, back your way so it's just great yeah absolutely likewise i'm stoked to be here like i feel special to get invited (laughs) (laughs) he's made it he has arrived I love it. Well, hey, we we typically uh, in the beginning just do a couple uh, comments about uh, stuff in the news. Uh, we just do a quick quick take on things, you know, our different thoughts of stuff going on in the news. Um, I want to dive right into something because I'm interested, you know, Brian, in your take on this. We we are over on our end. We're always playing around with crypto. Uh, I would say we're we're the type of guys that take, you know, we take maybe one to two percent. Uh, of assets and uh, and play the crypto game. Are you are you involved in that game as well? You doing any of that? Uh, yeah, I play it. Oh, uh, I'm not I'm not super uh, a super fan of crypto by any means, but I do play with it a little bit. Uh, I won't say I have a certain percentage that I play with or anything, but if I see an opportunity to make money, I, I, I check the charts. If I see an opportunity to make money, I jump in, get my money, and I leave before something bad happens. Uh, y'all <laughs> talking about the, y'all talk, Y'all talked about the tulip crisis last time. Uh, I kind of look at crypto as being a potential tulip. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced that it's going to be around forever. It's going to be as strong as it is forever. I just. I don't know. It seems like it's gone too much too far. But I will get my piece of the action and I'll bounce out. You know. Yeah. Right. 
Besides, you, you gotta have something to do on the weekends to get that stock market fixed. <laughs> exactly. Well, we, we talk about it, it's like you, you stress stress enough as it, as it is during the intraday. Why not just add a little more stress after hours <laughs> and on the weekend? You know, it's like yeah. I mean, you have to be consistent. Otherwise, you'll throw your body into <laughs> right. stock, and something will bad will happen to you. <laughs> right. Right. Seriously. Well, you know, Brian, you're you're onto something because we we as you as you know from past shows, we debate this all the time, and my and my my psyche gets completely. Um, cleaved in half by crypto, where one half of it goes exactly where you're going, and I'm like, it's total, it's total tulips, it's going nowhere. And then the next day, I'll hear some argument, and I'll go, oh, got it, digital gold, okay, you know. So yeah, it's uh, it is a very fascinating time uh, to, to play in that. So fascinating or terrifying, one of the two, because it might be leading up to the Terminator for all I know. <laughs> <laughs> Could be one and the same. Never know. Well, it depends. I don't know, guys. I so I so there's been this uh, this Vegas conference on crypto. I don't know if you guys have been following that at all, but I've been oh, uh, watching that. A Vegas little bit. or Florida or both? Oh, oh I'm sorry, ones? Miami. Thank you. Okay, uh, it's, it's same Miami. place, same area, same That's region. It's Miami. Uh, I don't know if you guys have been watching any of that. I heard about this thing, but I haven't watched any of it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just try to keep up on some of this stuff and watch, you know, what the what the various. Uh, I mean, the big thing that we that we touched on last time is Ethereum 2.0, you know, and how that's supposed to be a game changer. But I don't know. We'll I, see, Brian. We'll see. I've I've been waiting for Ethereum to uh, and Coinbase to allow staking of 2.0, and I got so tired of waiting. And I was just every day you're on the waiting list. You're on the waiting list because you can earn. I think five or six percent on Coinbase once you get enrolled in that, just for having your ETH sit there doing nothing. I mean, right? Yeah, it, that's a good deal. And so, I got tired of waiting. Gas fees for Ethereum were so freaking cheap. It's twelve right now. It, it costs like I don't know less than a dollar to to move money around. So I moved my Ethereum over to my hardware wallet. Next day, you're in. You're now in. You can stake Ethereum. It's just a noise. So I, here, I mean, <laughs> wow. here's my thing is like, I, I, you guys know, like I talk about crypto where it's, I personally, as of right now, I don't see me using crypto to like buy anything with, but I will, I'll make money. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't have any problem trying to make money w- with crypto. So it's, it's hard for me with the staking stuff to even think about going down that path. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about the, letting it sit there when I feel like that's money that I could be moving somewhere else. And sure. Totally different, totally different philosophy. It's a, it's a hold. I I mean, yeah, I think we're all kind of schizophrenic with uh, crypto in many, (laughs) many different ways. I mean, I have my buy and hold portfolio and then I've got some, some stuff. I'm I'm like experimenting with the robots and the grid trading and, and whatnot, but there is some portion. Brian, by the way, sitting there, Brian, Jerry actually does algorithms. So you're talking about an algo trader. He does algorithms. I'm, I'm learning. And crypto learning. seems to be a great way to learn about this stuff. Yeah. Uh, just like to, to configure whether or not you want to ignore uh, Fibonacci's or, you know. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the most respectful uh, market that you can play with whenever it comes to testing algos and stuff like that is going to be the Forex. Not crypto, okay. not stocks. It's going to be the Forex because okay. it's, so, it's so stable and it respects the, uh, the underlying geometry of the market probably better than anything else crypto you know as you know crypto can be wild yeah. um it it actually trades really well with inside of a uh one of gans methods gans square but that's difficult to talk about because it's a giant spider web on a chart but uh crypto follows that really really well but unless you set it up properly and have it dialed in then it 
kind of defies a lot of your other technical indicators. That's why a lot of people get burned up in crypto pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, the Forex, on the other hand, is just such a predictable and stable. As long as somebody doesn't declare war on somebody, it's pretty much going to do <laughs> what you expect it to do. Uh, right. So that if, if I was going to program an algo, I would probably start on the British pound versus the USD or something like that in the Forex. Okay. okay. I wow. will, uh, I'll definitely there look into that. I'll well, insight, into man. That. There you go, everybody. There's your first gem of, of uh, <laughs> your, your, your first nugget of uh, wisdom here from Brian. Gator meat, man, right there. Well, that's, that's, that's where I tested and learned a lot of the uh, kind of physics stuff whenever I started studying it is I wanted to find something where I could put real skin in the game, but I didn't have a lot of risk. And, you know, you jump into some kind of super volatile nightmare like microvision or something like that, you can get burned up pretty quick if you don't know what you're doing. Uh, you go to the euro versus the dollar and – it's it's gonna it's pretty respectful of technical analysis in general. It's a good place to good place to play where you don't saddle up a ton of risk. Yeah, yeah. I gotta find an exchange that will allow me to uh, to test some of these things out. Right now, the uh, the two bots that I use, I use a grid trading bot on KuCoin, and I went as I was researching grid trading because I had never heard of it before. I the 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 guy I found on YouTube that was explaining it to me was a forex trader, and that's where it came from. Interesting. This whole grid trading That's interesting. thing, yeah, yeah. I, so, I mean, that... Tasty Tasty Works has some. Uh, they they have some FX pairs in their uh, futures. So I've been playing around with that options and iron condors with that. But the kind of trading that Brian does is very different, and I, I'm really interested in learning um, yeah. kind of what sort of indicators leading or lagging, and and understanding more about that on this show. Yeah, I think, and that's the thing is, let's. Um... Uh, Greg, what else do we have? Do we, is... No, I, I think let's. Let, I, I think that's a great segue, guys. Let's dive into it. Um, yeah, you know, we're just super excited to have you here, Brian. So maybe you could walk us through, you know, kind of your your overall philosophy at GatorTraders.com and uh, what you kind of do to help people make money. Okay, so I'm following on GatorTraders.com. I'm following a few different stocks. I'm kind of ramping up my blog right now, and I'm actually going to focus on DD and news on a select a select few stocks. That's because these are more investment type holds than they are uh, trades for me. And yeah. you know, there's an obvious difference between an investment and a trade. Right. Uh, when it comes to trading, uh, I avoid analysis paralysis, which means I completely and totally avoid any news about the company. I don't care. I uh, completely and totally do not. I don't go out of my way to look to see if it's a good company or a bad company. I uh, lean on the efficient market theory, which means that... If you're unfamiliar with the efficient market theory or efficient market hypothesis, same thing. Uh, it means that we assume that the market's going to price in all news, whether you know about it or not is irrelevant. It's going to price in all news, and that price is simply trying to find a balance point between the good and the bad news, whether it's for the sector, the whole world, or that individual company, whatever the case may be. And what we're seeing is a fluctuation of price trying to find that equilibrium. Well, the problem is is... As each day goes on, the sentiment and the weight, of the, the the weight value of that sentiment of each individual piece of news changes, so that stock will never just go completely and totally flat, right? And that's kind of the whole principle behind. Uh, you have uh, Charles Brown way back in the day was a botanist, came up with the Brownian theory, um, which is which was ported over to uh, studies of the economy and stock markets. And most economists agree that the stock market is Brownian in nature; that it's chaotic. And that's what that's what uh, Brownian motion or uh, Brownian movement is, is chaotic uh, movement. Well, if you look deep into physics and you get into chaos theory, and this is where I kind of made made my name for myself is in the whole chaos theory thing, is there is no such thing as chaos. It's just a higher order 
of mm. circumstances that you need to that you need to follow. Mm. And by using the uh, Andrews Pitchfork and uh, the RSI tool and volume studies is pretty much the only tools that I use to um, kind of get a prediction or a layout of where I think a stock's going to go. And uh, Bob mm. can tell you he's seen me he's seen me do it freakishly accurate. Thirty yeah. percent moves, no news to the penny. Yeah. He's seen me do wow. it more than once. Yeah. Um, this this is it, what yeah. this is what my entire business is built on. Is actually the blogs and stuff is just for fun, for advertisement, for whatever the case may be, to kind of help people out too because it's free. Uh, but the my business is actually teaching people how to look beyond your simple moving averages and your right. EMAs and your uh, having thirty two different momentum indicators on your chart, <laughs> trying to you know because there is a thing called Benini's paradox, and that's uh, that's another science science term that you don't hear talked about in technical analysis where the markets are a complex thing and the more things you do to it to try to simplify it the more complex it actually becomes that's why it's a paradox so i keep my charts very very simple uh i keep my analysis very very simple and i'd use that primarily with the andrews pitchfork and occasionally gan fans and a couple of uh gan tools just to you know drop people's jaws on some weird stuff that they never see. <laughs> wow. Um, and that, you know, that's the thing is that we, you know, Brian and I have talked about this before is that we, we, uh, we have, we have different styles of, of analysis, but we do find that there are a lot of times where we do come to the same conclusion hmm. and um, you know, there might be minor variations on what we see, like a price target is or, or whatnot, but you know, we, we tend to get on the same, the same page and, uh, he he's yeah he he pulls rabbits out of his hat a lot um and and maybe the hat, the rabbits are just always in the bottom uh, of the hat but... can i ask a question about the browning theory absolutely. Browning, yeah. absolutely yeah is that what's called okay it, what what you described to me reminds me a little bit of one of my favorite um uh buffett quotes and i want to know if you if this is on the right track so and it, and it might have even been a benjamin graham quote but the you know the market is a voting machine right in the short run and in the long run, it's a weighing machine. Is that the same concept? The voting is chaotic. Like, we don't know how a vote's going to go, right? So it's chaos in the moment. But then over time, it has sort of a pattern. Is that is that connected in any way? Or I, 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 would, th- I would think that that's a, that's a fair statement. Uh, the, Brownian, the Brownian theory actually came from him observing a particle in, uh, in water. water. Yeah. And the water didn't have any current. It was a, it was a cup. You know, it was just chilling there and the particle would randomly move around and that's where the whole the whole thing came up it's like hey this is pure chaos there's no reason this thing should move and there's no order into which it moved but if you if you really want to dive off into it the markets aren't exactly you know economists agree that it's browning in nature it's chaotic it's completely and totally unpredictable but that actually defies the laws of physics where everything has an order even if it's a higher or if it seems chaotic if there's a higher order to it and that's where i apply chaos theory with the pitchforks and uh, start looking into the underlying geometry of the market. And it helps me find the edges. Uh, the whole buy low, sell high concept is exactly what I try to do. That's what everybody tries to do. The only difference is it's difficult to find what low is if you're looking at uh, 250 and a uh, uh, 20 or, you know, whatever everybody's favorite number combination of moving averages <laughs> are now. Yeah. Wow. So, but there, there is, you know, major demand zones, major seller zones where you can expect an almost, almost, I mean, you could bet, literally. I mean, it's a bet. When you put money in the market, it's a risk. there's a risk involved. So there is a, you know, there is a gamble. There is a bet associated with it. But uh, I tilt those odds in my favor by actually applying physics to the chart as opposed to uh, trying to get things. I mean, the 20 moving average is great. I use the 21 
uh, because it's a Fibonacci number and it is cool, I guess. There's no real reason. <laughs> Uh, but I use the 13, the 21, and the 55 on my good basic chart series that you can find on YouTube. Uh, I use those to validate some of my theories to go back and check. But really, why, why am I going to rely on the 50-period moving average or the 13-period moving average on a chart when that tells me what happened for the last 13 days? That doesn't tell me what's right. happening 13 days from now. That's where my money is made in the future, not in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So which indicator is telling you the future? The Andrews Pitchfork. Yeah, Pitchfork's. Pitchfork. So it's, it's kind of like when you're doing it. So when you're doing like a trend. So you know, when you pull out a trend analysis, right, you're, you're, you're determining where this is going to go, whether it's, you know, up or, up or down trend. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, Brian is phenomenal with the Andrews pick, pitchfork and there's a lot of, uh, there's formulation around it, uh, to find your anchoring points. Um, but it, it's, it's pretty damn spot on. Like yeah, it, typically, yeah. typically you're looking at uh, a vibration in the market or a ripple or a frequency, whatever you want to call it. You're looking for a spike or a dip, and you want to base that pitchfork off of a high-low high or a low-high low. High low. Um, you can move those anchoring points to different spots uh, based off of chaos theory, geometry. You can compress time. You can expand time. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff with it. But there's a mathematical foundation to all of this. It's really quite simple. Uh, it sounds a lot more sophisticated than it is. And whenever you start using the big words like temporal de- uh, decompression and all this other kind of stuff, <laughs> you know, or, or decomposition Spatial. rather. Yeah. Yes. Circular decomposition. You know, I use circular decomposition on this chart and they're like, what in the heck are you talking about? <laughs> you know, it's just, and it's just if, I show, if I show them that, it, yeah, it really is. It's big words to make people want to pay me money. Uh, wow. No, I mean, there's, 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 a, there's an underlying math to this and that math, uh, that math actually helps you find the underlying geometry in the market. The pitchfork isn't simply support and resistance. Okay. That, I mean, when you look at it, it throws three lines or six lines or however you had the setting set up, but it throws a whole bunch of lines on the paper or on the chart. People are like, Hey, this is, you know, great support and resistance. I can expect it to do this in the future. That's not really how it's read because this thing's actually measuring the tune or the frequency and the vibration and everything else that's going on in that stock. And it sounds crazy. It absolutely sounds crazy. But for example, if, price is going up to the center of the pitchfork and it rejects off of it, you know for a fact that it's probably going to go down. If it doesn't go down all the way to the bottom of that pitchfork, then it's going to go to the other end. I mean, it's 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 there, there's some principles in there called the Hausdorff dimension, the Von Restorff effect, all these other things that you can dive off into and you can uh, you can start applying to these pitchforks. These are all physics terms. But uh, like the Von Restorff effect, that means that uh, if it was important in the past, it's going to be remembered in the future, essentially. Uh, so we can the, expect, and, but like, the, lay, the layman's of that is like kind of what we talk about is it's support it, and resistance. Yeah. Yeah. It, or what, what happened in the past is, is, is going to kind of give you an indication. Of what yeah. So, what's so it does, right. it does show you levels of support and resistance, but it also gives you a measurement of the tune or the frequency. And if the stock jumps, if the price jumps out of the pitchfork to the top side or the bottom side, then you're dealing with a whole new flow in the market. It's time to go ahead and change your analysis and everything else because something is different. Something, something has changed. And it gives you a good idea like, okay, well, I need to adjust my pitchfork. I need to drag it off into chaos theory, pick a different, uh, vibration in the market or whatever so it captures this price action and now you can go ahead and say well do i need to buy or do i need to sell whatever the case may be make your uh make your analysis and your action accordingly and either hold through whatever is going through you know if it's going parabolic and you're like hey you know i'm up 50 percent, i need to sell now but i don't want to because it might go to 100 percent. i'm going to leave money on we've all been there mm-hmm. this is a tool that can help you get rid of fomo because it helps you remove your bias because it is it either is or it isn't yeah yeah. And you're and you're applying this, Brian, to your trading. You mentioned previously that you also do investments. So are, are your investments, is that a different analysis? Is that your 
classic P&E and uh, are you actually reading the uh, uh, what the media is saying about the company when you're doing investments or is it a similar? Uh, what's what's a, what's a P&E? Oh, just the, I'm sorry. <laughs> like, no, okay. I'm just, <laughs> no, no, oh. <laughs> I, all right, you look at it. Ultimately, all. ultimately the chart rules, um, even with my investments. If, I, if I'm super bullish about a company like Microvision, um, I'm super bullish about Microvision. I'm super bullish about a CWSFF. It's a Canadian company uh, on the Canadian stock exchange. It's CMC, I think. Um, super bullish about it. I'm willing to take a little bit more punishment from these companies than I am a simple trade. But I'm not willing to watch 50% of my portfolio or my position disappear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, mm-hmm. the chart's going to rule uh, no matter what. I will, I'll say this, uh, in a trade, I'm usually in and out with just a core position, whether it be options or uh, shares, whatever, whatever I feel, you know, whatever the flavor of the day is. Uh, with, like, say, Microvision, um, I've been in it for a year. I'm not leaving until this, until I, I will see this journey to completion, uh, one way or the other. Uh, but it, for the, ever since I got burnt on the first uh, on the first big spike last June or July or whenever it was, uh, I got roasted pretty bad on that one, and that's when I decided that I have to do something different. So it would start running up. I would apply whatever uh, technical analysis because this has been a journey learning this whole pitchfork thing. Uh, I didn't know this back then, but I would apply uh, my good basic chart stuff that you see me use on YouTube, whatever the case may be, and I would say, okay, well it hit it hit a couple of sell signals. Let me go ahead and buy some puts. And I would just hold those puts and I would hold my shares and I would sell my puts whenever, you know, it looked like it was a good time to buy shares again. And I would make I would make a little bit of extra money on the side and I would use that for other plays or to add to my microvision position or whatever the case may be. Um, so that's that's kind of my investment strategy is I will play both sides. I will short a stock I'm longing. I don't have a problem doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess I'm still a trader at heart, but I do plan on holding like CWSFF. I plan on holding uh, my share position with it. For at least the next three to five years, it's not going anywhere. I'm not selling a share. Period. So, so um, you wow. guys, the CWSFF is that it's that CLO Waste Solutions. Yeah, that, yeah. Oh, I've been looking yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so, and I'm, so, I'm still I'm still blown away that MVIS gets lobbed, gets uh, gets uh, lobbed in there with meme stocks all of a sudden. Speaking of the media, because <laughs> every every now I now I read uh, articles about AMC and GameStop, and I see MVIS mentioned at some point. I know it's, it's crazy. really kind of wild. That's yeah, what happens when everybody with a YouTube channel on the planet that tracks stocks does a video about it. It's automatically a meme at that point. That's how it works. <laughs> I mean, no, nobody, nobody's going to do a you know a technical analysis video on Walmart. But if we but if we would all do one, yeah, if we would all do one, Jim Cramer would say Walmart's a meme stock. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you brought up Jim Cramer, Brian, because you I'm said not. you don't watch the media, so I'm going to ask you. <laughs> He's a better read than he is a watch. Uh, he's a little bit over the top for me. Yeah. Well, it's it's like we talk about a lot of times. I I really like your message of ignoring the media because we talk about that a lot on on our with our philosophy here of uh, it's it's fine to take some in, but remember it's entertainment and it's meant to sell advertising eyeballs first. So um, yeah. it's not yeah. meant to inform or enrich you. Yeah, and whenever you know, especially especially that show but uh, yeah. yeah whenever you have whenever you have a cameraman who can't control the zoom function properly on his camera you know you've entered into a completely and totally different world than what you expected oh um, yeah but yeah. like the whole media thing i mean does the market really i, I don't have 25 million dollars to throw down on any any stock i can't move a ticker my following you know if i if i was ser- seriously sit there and pump something i might be able to move it um i don't know i don't try that's not the name of my game but the media does, or the, the market doesn't care what my opinion is, so I don't care what their news is. That's just the way I look at it. It's, it's mm-hmm. not, 
my job as a trader is to buy a low price. I'm, I'm the middleman between the person who sold too early and the person who bought too late. Mm. Yeah, that's my job. That's a that's a quote right there. I love yeah. that. Yeah, the the middleman right there. Yeah, that's that's, that's awesome. good. Um, now, how do you? How, oh, go ahead, Bob. Do you have another question for Brian? I was because uh, I here's the thing is I because we gotta we gotta talk about this, Brian. Um, because <laughs> let's talk about um, microvision, man. What 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 did we what did we what did we see the other day? Okay, so Bob. We started playing. Uh, he started playing with some uh, some angles and some percentages and stuff like that. I forgot exactly what the message was, uh, uh, but it kind of it, it kind of triggered a thought in me that one of Gann's uh, theories or concepts or whatever is that there is a mirrored movement uh, cycle in the markets that occurs every ten years on important movements, and it has something to do with astrology and everything else. Now, granted, Gan had syphilis, so remember that whenever we talk about this. So he was <laughs> a little bit, guys. He, he, yeah, he was, he was a little bit. He was a little bit nuts, but he was also he was also a genius. He turned five hundred dollars into like two million or something crazy like that. So uh, he predicted the nineteen twenty nine stock market crash, but nobody ever talks about Gan. We talk about Warren Buffett. You know, mm -hmm. uh, we talk about uh, the guy that shot himself in the head. Uh, what's how, how do you spell it, Brian? How do you spell it? Gan, G-A-N-N, W-D, Gan. Gan, okay. Got he it. wrote a book called Tunnels Through the Air. It's a great investment book if you want to try to figure out what a little boy growing up on a cotton farm has okay, to do. But, you got, but, Brian, you got to explain this to, this to him. Though. So, he yeah. This. yeah. So, we're going, yeah. So, there's there's a mirrored uh, flow in the market or a mirrored uh, movement in the market that occurs on 10-year cycles. And we got to looking at current cycle right now and going up. So, what happened 10 years ago? Um, I'm not sure um, – how we ended up with 2009, but 2011, uh, prices were going down and it went down. I forget what the percentage was, but whenever we move, whenever we, you know, if something goes down uh, 50%, it's a hundred percent move to the upside to recover the price. So whenever you apply all of that to current price and you look at GAN's weird cycles and stuff like that, there's a potential for 52 to $77. <laughs> Is that what we came up with? Yeah. Between now and September. Yep. So fifty-two to seventy-seven dollars, according to Gans Mirror Image Syphilis-Infested Technical Analysis <laughs> Technique, uh, we're looking at fifty-two to seventy-seven dollars. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not going to say buy call options based off of a guy who had a, a SCD that made him potentially crazy, but there, this can be back tested, and you can see this kind of stuff actually play out in other tickers. Well, so, Brian, uh, on Investopedia, I mean, it says, yeah, Gans trading strategy still widely used today, long after his death in 1955. They, no, they, 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 they spelled widely wrong. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Was it W-Y? No, W-R-O-N-G-L-Y. <laughs> Gans methods are wrongly used today. If you go on YouTube and try oh, to find out anything about uh, Gans, mm -hmm. you're going to find people using Gans fan, which is the most basic concept that he uh, he you know is one of one of his most basic trading methods or technical analysis methods, you're going to find it used absolutely wrong. People are yeah. putting it on different pivot points and all this other stuff. It was made to square the market. If you understand anything about carpentry work or anything like that, a square is a ninety degree angle. So if you have a fan blasting up from one area and you just move it randomly to where you like it, and then you have you know you get to the next high and you have a fan going down low and you move it to wherever you like it, you're not performing an analysis. You're just playing with. Uh, make, a thing. You're trying to make your narrative work. Wow. Yeah, you're you're, yeah. It's you're, you're looking for confirmation bias. I got to learn yeah. more about this guy. Because and that was the things we talked about yeah. with, the, with the game fan because because the way he worked, it was all about symmetry and and calculations behind it. And yeah, everything 
the one to one line on a GAN fan is a forty five degree angle. Forty five degree so, angle, exactly. Yeah, so so no matter what you put it on the chart, it is a forty five degree angle. Remember, GAN couldn't GAN couldn't compress a chart like we uh, we can. We can just sit there and grab the date and scroll left and right and whatever the case yeah. may be, and we can make the candles as wide or whatever. Whenever he got a print off on the tape, it was what it was. Yeah. So everything was based off a of square in that chart to a 45 degree angle. So he would square a low to a high with the, uh, with the 45 degree angle, and everything would be set on that 45. That one to one is that 45 degree line. Everything is based off of a 45, even if it doesn't look like a 45 on your chart, because you screw with the time and the yeah. the price or whatever. And so, it, wow. so what happens is nowadays traders, when they try throwing up a GAN fan and they do their thing, what they're forgetting to do is because they're 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 kind of stretching and and uh, compressing the price movement to see more of the scale to see more of the chart they're not realizing in doing that that the the gan fan um they need to ensure that it stays at a 45 degree angle and on the middle line and they don't yeah. ever throw a compass up to measure the 45 degree angle they just throw it up and, and do these weird things and so and it really, kind of messes up really what you want to do is you want to take your your uh your pivot point low in uh, in a vibration or a flow in the market or a ripple or whatever you want to call it, but you want to take your pivot point low and your pivot point high, and that is you you know even if you don't make it a forty five degree angle using the angle tool in your chart, you put that one to one line on that, and that is a forty five degree angle. No matter what it looks like on your chart, it's irrelevant. It it's a forty five. Right, right. Now, me personally, I put it at a forty five because I want it to look like a forty five. I'm, I'm this is an OCD thing or something. I don't. Yeah. Know. But <laughs> I didn't say. But, my mind is able to accept the fact that it's a forty-five degree angle, but uh, you know, I, I, I just can't. I can't do it. it. It'll it'll drive me nuts. Yeah. So if you see me throw up a Gan fan chart, it's going to be based off of a forty-five. It's actually going to be a forty-five, but the forty-five that I'm looking for is that pivot point low to that pivot point high, and the fan's based off of that. Now, the Gan fan is again, it's not a support and resistance thing, even though it'll appear that way on the chart. It's actually a, mo a measurement of momentum. It's a momentum indicator. This is before Bollinger Bands. This is before the RSI. This is nineteen twenties and thirties we're talking about. Yeah. Wow. Jerry, hey, Jerry, what, uh, what, what questions, uh, do you have, uh, for Brian? Oh man, my mind is spinning. It's just <laughs> it <is> amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just trying to classify these things. So in, in my simplistic understanding of these things, there's, you know, there's leading indicators and there's lagging indicators and kind of what we were talking about at the beginning of the show or before the show started was that, you know, you look at things like Mac, you don't look at things like MACD or the moving averages as much as you look at these things like can fans because they're more predictive or more uh, forward-looking indicators. Is that right? Yes, and that's because let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and finish uh, melting your mind down on this. Sure. If you take if you take a GAN fan and you set it up to look forward into the future, and you completely and totally mirror that GAN fan and you put it backwards in time, it'll still confirm. Huh. Okay, so these so these things, no matter if, if you set up a GAN fan array between a, a pivot point high and a low, you can take that, you can basically draw a rectangle on your chart so you can keep the same size and measurements and whatever the case may be. You can move that rectangle around, move your GAN fans back to the angles, and you will get confirmation no matter where it's at on the chart. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, so so that's, that's why I call it a, lead, a leading indicator because forever, once you have this thing figured out, forever, it's useful in your chart. Those lines are useful as long as it's inside of the range that that, uh, that GAN fan can cover, which they spread out over time. So price would have to get really bullish or really bearish to get completely and totally out of it. But uh, you could just you could just move it, and then it's, no. it's fine. Uh, now, leading versus lagging indicators. 
like I said, your MACD, your RSI, all of those tools, they have their place in analysis. But I looked, for, I looked at that to validate my theory, to make sure that the theory that I extract from price action and looking at the pitchforks, advanced and basic line work, whatever, uh, I want to validate to make sure that, you know, it makes sense with, you know, within the concept of what all the other traders in the world are looking at, because that's important. You got to know what they see, too. Is there so, a particular time frame that you like to use when you're doing these trades? I will always start on the weekly. If, okay. if, I'm, day, if I'm day trading, I will start on the weekly. If okay. I am looking at long-term investment, I will start on the weekly. I may back up to the monthly and just kind of get an overall feel. But mm -hmm. I start my analysis on the weekly. I want to know what those, where those pivot points on the weekly are. Those are strong lines. Uh, even horizontal lines coming off the weekly chart, if you place them, you know, if you get the right lines, they're extremely strong lines. Look at 1750 for microvision, how much of a problem that was. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So I look at the weekly, my, the daily chart is my playground. Even if I'm day trading, the daily chart is my playground because I look at what makes sense. There's a logical approach to how these candles are built. If you understand that through a multi-time frame analysis that you have your five-minute chart, your 10-minute, 15-minute chart, 30, so on and so forth, those are all components of that daily chart. That daily chart, that candle, you should be able to look at a chart and say, okay, I know what the next candle should look like. And if... I don't need to go down into the 30-minute chart or the 15-minute chart. If that candle is out of place, if it looks stupid, uh, I have an idea of what it's going to do. It, sometimes I'm wrong. It's not, it's not a, you know, there's nothing 100%. If there was, there would be artificial intelligence programs. Nobody would be trading anything except using that algorithm that's 100% right 100% of the time. Yeah. But uh, I, I, be, I, I put myself up against most of the algos on Wall Street and say I probably bet better than they do. <laughs> man. Dude, Brian, Brian's next level, man. Um, what are what are some of the stuff. what are some of the stocks you're looking at next? So right now, um, I just did my little Gator Traders Live. Uh, it's a little uh, series that I started. So I recorded on Zoom on my Discord and then posted up on YouTube for everybody else to see too. But I'm looking hard at UAVS. UAVS uh, is pretty decent as far as their uh, their concept, where they're going, their their potential for being involved in e-commerce and uh, kind of a leading company when it comes to drones and drones are the future we're going to have drones flying around everywhere aggravating us eventually uh if, if you know well, y'all are in california you probably have them aggravating you now oh it's, yeah we still go aerial systems yeah we still have shotguns in louisiana so people don't do that <laughs> um, <laughs> they're virtual they're digital digital birds or something like that but if, yeah but eventually the drones will shoot back and the rednecks will stop shooting them out of the sky <laughs> um, but uavs share okay yeah uavs ran up to what was it, 15, 18, something like that recently. Yeah. Yep. And they got absolutely slaughtered in this in this small market crucifixion that we had starting back in February. They got that high for a reason. You know, and it's looking mm. like they, they, they're sitting in what I would call a major demand zone or a major buyer zone, major buying support. I mean, pick your you know, pick your flavor on that. But they're sitting at an area where you can expect major buyers to support the price. It looks like a bottom to me. Well, it doesn't look like it has great momentum right now to just explode and, you know, get back to $15. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's definitely one that we need to watch because it can. And it has. It had a great momentum run uh, late last year. I mean, just yeah. tore the roof off. Yeah, uh, 15 a couple times it looked like. Yeah. Yeah, F-Cell was another one that I would got in at 138 and I started uh, pounding the table on people at about $4. Like, hey, you need to get into this. Yeah. $30, you know, or $26 later, people are like, hey, I should have listened to you. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and literally, I was, yeah, I was, I was telling Bob. I said <laughs> to tell you how much I knew about F cell. 
I thought that they made like high tech gas tanks. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't believe people are this stoked about high tech gas tanks. Yeah. It's a fuel cell. It's a thing that holds fuel. No, it's not. It's a big generator. I was, I was completely off, you know? Oh, um, but that's, but that's piece of like, you know, Brian's style, like, like you were saying, like he, he, there, there's a time and place for knowing the company you're investing in, but you know, a lot of times, you know, it, it depends on what you're looking for. Are, are you just, is it the capitalist capitalistic approach yeah, or you just want to make money? Right. Well, I'm like, I like the way you describe this stuff really well. I mean, first of all, you, you separate investment from trade and that, that quote you have about the, how you work as the middleman of those trades is, is, is pretty yeah, spot that's, on. That's, that's, that's going to be a famous quote one day. You can go ahead that's and mark absolutely, it down. Man. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like I'm glad, I'm glad I said that on a copyrighted program. Yeah. So. Right. Seriously. <laughs> Brian said, you heard it here that, first. Oh, that's, that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be excuses left and right for now on brian said, <laughs> brian said. yeah that's not the only you're, you wouldn't be the only person using that excuse. <laughs> what else jerry oh i'm not jerry so no, i guess I, we I, could talk. I, Jer, jerry's jerry i, I you know so I, unless i don't jerry do you have any other uh you know i think jerry's mind's blown greg yeah i think so i think so <laughs> Yeah, he's, I'm just... he's, shoot, he's shooting Gampans backwards on trading view, trying to figure out what I'm talking about. How did you know? I, I swear to God, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what he's doing like, right now. I'm like, not what, here. Uh, I'm just... Predictive analysis. I love it. Brian, what, um, what platforms do you prefer? Do you have a preference for... As far as charting? Yeah, just charting and, and trading, and et cetera. Yeah, do you have invest, a platform yeah. that you... Okay, I use, I use TradingView, so I can yell at him whenever it charges me $7 to trade over the counter. Oh, I have to have something to be angry at. Everybody needs a bad guy, right? So, but I, I like TradingView. Um, I, I actually really liked Robinhood until they did what they did. Uh, and I kind of found out that it's not their fault, but now it's, it's kind of a principal thing. I'm not going back. <laughs> You're kind of stuck um, in feelings. Yeah. But their, their, their options trading was great as long as it was over five cents, you know, five cents yeah. a share. Um, then they did, you know, under that, they do funky rounding and everything else. And TD Ameritrade, to me, I think is superior whenever you start looking at those types of trades. Uh, as far as charting goes, trading view, 100%. Upgrade to Pro, get your extra indicators uh, where you can put two or three charts up on your screen if that's what you like to do. Yeah. But uh, more than anything else, it just kind of opens the program up for you. Uh, it's worth it. You can get the little $2 add-ons to get the live uh, live timing, which you don't need if you're, if you're, if you're going to swing trade. But if you're going to day ever. trade, live trading, you know, live trading or live ticker, numbers or however you Brian, are, you, tra- are or- you trading through trading view as well or no no i, I thought about uh play with thought about it too. yeah because you could set you can set trades to alerts on that and that could be really handy if you're outside cutting the grass and you know you're right. looking for bngo to break a certain price you know right, or whatever right. oh that's that's another one that i like by the way um that's a bngo yeah biogenetics or something like that just goes to show you yeah i don't even know the names of the companies that trade but um, but yeah, yeah, I, the reason why I asked is because I could I had actually for a moment there I had actually thought about setting up an account through TradingView where they have some brokers that they work through that you can actually actually trade through TradingView. But I just right. like I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought about I thought about getting into it too. I thought about looking at it, but I haven't I haven't sat down and researched them to find out if I trust those brokers. Because right. I mean, TD Ameritrade is a big that's a household name. You know, it's like Bubba Gump Shrimp. Right. Um, <laughs> Love it. But um. Are, are, and how, Brian, so how many how many of these are you able to manage at, at any given moment of these trades? Are you are you kind of so? I mean, each day you're kind of logging in like this is your job, right? You're 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 logging in and and following. This is, this is my part time job. Part time job, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm a prof- I'm a professional snot maker. 
Uh, yep. That's my real job. <laughs> um, I, I work. I work in. I'm an operator in a chemical plant, and literally right now I make snot and put it in a giant vat of different snot to make a you know product that everybody wants that's composed of <laughs> snot. So uh, this is a part time job. I only look. I only look at 500 tickers each day. 500 a day. Yes. Wow. So are you scanning for ones that meet? criteria that are going to benefit best like under ten dollars so i have so i have a blank chart that's Uh nothing but candles uh straight candles rsi and volume profile and volume uh it has no line work no bollinger bands no nothing and i click next down 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 on the weekly chart until i find something that i like and then whenever i find something i like i highlight it and once i finish going through it i move all my highlighted ones up to the top and then you know there might be 20 of them and of those 20 i might find 10 that are interesting for that week for uh, potential daily trades and you know, I'll scan those, you know, i say 500 a day. It's more like 500 on Sunday and 500 again on Wednesday. Just get that midweek look, you know. No, but Brian, Brian where, where, when you say you're going next, is it because you've already had a predetermined list of names that you're going after or where? Yeah, you... that, that, that watch list off to the right on TradingView okay. uh, where you can add them to your watch list. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of all my Zoom meetings with my premium members and people DMing me and ask me what I think about this stock or that stock or whatever uh, the case so may be. Accumulate the, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what. Not even say like, crap even is. Brian, how do you how do you do anything else? <laughs> That's amazing. I, I spend, even... if, if it ta- if it takes you more than I would say fifteen seconds of looking at a weekly chart to determine up and down you're doing something wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, with, I mean, with this technique. Yeah, you're 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 well, you're. I mean, you're, you're at the end of the day, you're essentially on these trades, right? You're you're reading the candles and the charts. I mean, that's. Yeah. And, yeah, it's, and, all, it's all about price action. I mean, your RS not tool, your MACD, your moving average, it's all to analyze price. So why don't you just skip the middleman and you analyze price yourself? Mm-hmm. So and, the, you, and, and, and the pitch the pitchforks are key, correct, in your technique? The pitchforks the pitchforks pitch are, okay, it's, it, it, it's a hammer to a carpenter, okay? It's an essential tool, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion. But the carpenter is who builds a house, not the hammer. Right. Mm-hmm. Your, your, mm-hmm. Predictive, your predictive indicator? Your thing that's looking into the future isn't a pitchfork. It's you. The pitchfork is just a tool that helps you remove bias, so you can look at it objectively. I see. You. Yeah. I mean, you have to make the call. You have. You to have analyze. to make the call. Yeah. There's. There's nothing mm-hmm. you can lay down on a chart that's going to sit there and just tell you, "I need to buy this right now." Uh, mm-hmm. any, any of those. Any of those community built things on TradingView that sit there and give you buy signals. Usually, they're twenty percent too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all based off lagging indicators. <laughs> you know. Yeah, now. they're they're yeah. they're lagging indicators. They're they're telling you they're trying to analyze the past to give you a view into the future. Whenever they're not really capable of doing that, uh, it, it, tell me tell you know tell me this. Why is the RSI built off of a 14, 14, peri- uh, 14 periods all across any time frame? What's what's so special about fourteen? Why not thirteen? Why not why not seventeen? Yeah, I I'm loving it because this is definitely pushing the boundaries of and uh, my comfort zone. And I think that's important as a, well, it's important as a human, right. To grow. And, and then as a person who's trying to build wealth and, and uh, you know, make money through different techniques. I mean, this is, this is great stuff. Let me ask another question about just the, the comment about not watching news and not being influenced by what uh, Jim Cramer says or what someone says on CNBC, you like price action really is the, the basic uh, default thing that you use to to make your decisions on and what you look at i guess my question is and this is also for bob as well because um i think bob you made a recommendation and and there were some some stocks that we were looking at for hot trades rei have you right you know about that one yep 
So when I asked you about that one, you know, great technical setup and everything. And then I said, well, what's the catalyst? And you said it's the technical setup. I mean, so I'm just struggling myself with, don't you need some sort of uh, earnings announcement or some, some buyout or or something to happen? Should I tell him about March 31st, Bob? Should I tell him about March 31st? No. Yeah, go for it. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, so pull up the microvision chart and go look at my, oh, March 31st. How much did it move percentage-wise? Should be about 30%. Actually, yeah. it, was, uh, it was, no, 50%. 50%, okay. So at 7 o'clock that morning, uh, I'm looking at the chart. I'm looking at the weekly chart. And I'm scratching my head on the weekly chart saying this, this, this weekly candle doesn't make sense. It's out of place. It shouldn't look like this. This weekly candle should be at least 1750. And it wasn't in the morning. It was, it was much lower. It was like, I, I don't know. I'm, I don't have my chart pulled up in front of me, but, um, so yeah. I, I can, I can, I can send you a picture from the discord if you know, if, for anybody who disbelieves it, but I said, price is going to 1750 today, period. And they're like, there's no news. You're insane. It's at least a 30% move. I said, price is going to 1750. I don't know what to say. Price is going to 1750. I'm buying. You know, price is going to 1750. <laughs> um, at 1.30 that afternoon, there was actually a catalyst. It was the IBS contract with uh, Microvision and everything else. And sure enough, price went over 1750. So technical setups, again, just because you don't know what the news is, doesn't mean that the market doesn't know what the news is. Hmm. And so that's that, that's the thing is where mm. it's it's it it goes it's a it's a how do I say it? like it, you'll it'll kind of get you goosebumps because it, it's like the paradox kind of thing it, you sometimes technical analysis by some weird phenomenon falls in alignment with a PR release with and what I, what I believe what I believe and this is kind of temple hat territory right but. <laughs> Retail traders don't have access to the information and to the people in these companies and everything else that these hedge funds and these uh, institutions and everything Mm -hmm. else does. I mean, money talks. Money Mm -hmm. talks. If you have a billion dollars, more people are willing to talk to you than if you have a thousand dollars. It just is what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, nobody wants to be your friend if you can't buy them anything. So (laughs) at least that's, that's, you know, the the, the more, the more you can buy. The more friends you have, <laughs> <laughs> and the more technical indicators on your screen, the more money the more, you make. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> so you're so you're saying that so yeah. So you're saying that behind the scenes, there in a lot of these cases, um, it might seem like crystal ball type stuff, but the institutions and the big money players are have already started making moves, and this is this is you know there's all kinds of communication going on at like three martini lunches, right? And so like. Right there's moves happening and then you're sort of, you're sort of reading the tea leaves as they're happening. Yeah. And that's, that's just it. There's always a leak. Somebody always talks. Yeah. Okay. No matter, no matter what level of government, what level of business or anything like that, somebody always talks and that's going to get mm-hmm. to somebody. And, you know, your regular average Joe that's sitting here, you know, having a podcast on a Sunday afternoon, we don't have access to those, mm-hmm. those networks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and to, so Jerry, you're talking about REIs, and this is kind of the thing to look at, and and to what Brian's point is, like <clears throat> REI came out of this bottom, just bottomed out, and it and it changed trajectory and, and broke out. If you look at them on an average day, their volume, maybe maybe on a good day, five million, maybe mm-hmm. pushing it by saying six million. Well, as it started to ripple out of this, 
And granted, keep in mind that it hadn't totally broken out from these downward channels. It was kind of getting there and it could have bounced off and rejected. You had a day in uh, uh, February, February 8th, 36 million in volume. Then you go to the 24th, so about you know two weeks later, 34 million in volume. So that's, that's institutional hedge fund, hedge fund buying coming in. To Brian's point, somebody knows something. Mm-hmm. And they're getting in now. They they got in probably months in advance because we're going to see this stuff get reported out. Um, we probably had we probably had some some AK filings come out showing that some hedge fund or institution bought position in REI, right? Yeah, that, and and they bought it. And, and you also you also got to yeah. remember, there's people that aren't institutions that have a lot of money that right. find out yeah. these too. Yep. That's yeah, true. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Cool. Do you, um, in terms of your overall, um, you know, you know, we don't, we don't on our podcast and like on our blog, we don't give like specific figures about like net worth and all, but we do talk about overall portfolio construction and, and assets and stuff. So, I mean, I have on there, for example, um, what I call, you know, my, you know, my sleep at night, uh, allocation of assets. I mean, do you, do you do other types of investing in general? I mean, do you, do you do any real estate stuff or is this kind of your whole, is this your focus and this is your bread and butter, what you like to do and it works for you? All right. So let's, let's rewind back to last year to tell you what kind of investor I am. I got a check from the government for not making enough money and COVID happened. (laughs) And I was actually in a place where I didn't need the money. Like uh, it was nice to have, but it wasn't like paycheck to paycheck territory at that point. I was making some overtime at work and uh, was doing pretty decent. My only investment up to last year, my only, I never traded a thing until COVID of last year at all. Mm, wow. um, and I got my little, I got my little $3,000 from me and my kids and everything else. So, hey, let's go ahead and put this in the stock market and try, you know, everything just got slaughtered. So it's got to go up eventually. Stocks only go up. <laughs> Good timing. So, yeah. So I put, uh, put some money uh, in some random companies uh, and I was looking at like, penny stocks and oil and stuff like that. I didn't know what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, stumbled across Microvision, uh, dumped some money in there, actually started doing some uh, some analysis on it, some uh, research, and found out about the LIDAR and the AR and so on and so forth and said, hey, maybe I should dump a whole bunch of money in here. So I, I moved a lot of my money into that. And then Genius ripped, and I jumped in at $7 and sold it for, so I lost almost everything I had. Um <laughs> Yeah. And I decided that I decided that I might not be as good at this whole stock market thing as I thought, but I saw that there was a potential to make money. I've heard of you know you, everybody's heard of people you know striking, you know striking gold in the stock market and you know the Bitcoin billionaires that are out there, right? And so on and so forth. I want to be that guy, right. so I started diving off into technical analysis. And of course, like any responsible human being, I turned to YouTube. Um, <laughs> WebMD Web and YouTube, those are the most reliable things out there. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't and know. I found, be yeah, I found out, yeah, I found out after unsuccessfully scalping Microvision a few times and reducing my uh, position uh, quite effectively <laughs> yeah. that I needed, to, I needed to turn elsewhere. So I started looking into a little bit deeper stuff and stumbled across a guy um, that 
held my hand and mentored me with the econophysics thing and took a simple redneck into and taught him big words. And here we are. <laughs> so I, I am literally, I am literally a one year trader. One of and, amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, is. yeah. So I haven't made it to the point in life yet where I could invest in uh, real estate or anything you're, else. You're well on your way. My man. You know, though, Brian, well we, I, this, is, this is such an awesome story for just our whole thing that we do, because um, I wrote an article years ago on the blog called, um, I, I have a theory that basically you get about, I'm exaggerating a little bit for the sake of an article, but a person gets about three or four big opportunities in their investing life, in my opinion. And I think you struck on one. And and I find that they usually happen. They're catalyzed out of uh, disasters. Um, you know, for me uh, personally, the Great Recession, you know, I got, got I was, uh, I was, I was trying to be, uh, trying to change a career. And all this kind of illustration kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, that ended up being a really nice setup for buying some real estate, right? You know, real estate got completely crushed. Um, yeah. But at the time, it was very painful, you know, to go through all yeah. that. Um, so I just I think that uh, you hit on something that I find a lot of times with investors is that those moments like what you talked about, um, you know, if, if people can somehow get it together and, you know, scrape a few bucks together for you. You had the you had the uh, stimmy check. Right. But that at least got you in the game, you know, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, and, and that's another reason we started the blog is we realized that knowledge is power. Right. You've got to have this knowledge. And, you know, we're not in these, uh, you know, three martini lunches. Um, we've got to share knowledge with each other, um, you know, in order to build wealth. Uh, you know, and we deploy all different techniques, of course. Um, but that's, that's, man, that's, that is, a, that is a great story. That is very interesting. This, this is going to be one of those things though. I, it, I'm saying, I'm telling you, Brian, so a year from now, um, and I'm, I'm hoping in, in the meantime, we have you on the show more often, but I'm saying in a year from now, we will do this. We'll do a follow-up show. Say, Hey, year, year ago to this date, Brian said he, you know, he, he was just kind of getting into it. He was, he was a year in at the point and uh, it wasn't in real estate, but I, I guarantee you, you're going to, you're going to have a pretty massive portfolio. Wow. Yeah. Hey, you guys, Brian's have any, on his way. you guys, you guys got any uh, last uh, final questions for Brian? Uh, and then I'd like to turn it over to him to see if he's got anything for us. And uh, yeah, I've, I've got one. I mean, I yeah. think I know the answer, but just curious, do you hold any, you, you hold things overnight, right? And over the weekends. Right. Oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll do I'll do anything from a uh, from a five minute trade onto a, uh, you know, I got things set up where I'm planning on holding three to five years now. OK, um, I, I do. I do look. I mean, look, I'm, you know, talking about going back to the weekly chart. I'm mainly setting things up for three week, three month trades because I mean, yeah, I could, I could sit there and fiddle around and get five percent trades or two percent trades or whatever all day day trading. But I'm not moving massive positions. It's a, a huge tax liability. It's a lot of risk jumping in and out. Um, it's a lot easier to just buy the bottom, hold through, you know, hold through it and then find out where the top or the edge is and sell the edge six, eight weeks later. And you get your hundred percent banger and just go ahead and go on to the next. One. Okay. You know, wow. and that's, that's, that's what I look for is I hunt, I hunt, I, I use risk to reward ratio, uh, religiously. I mean, I absolutely devoted to a risk to reward ratio. And if I don't see at least a three, preferably upwards of a five to a seven, then I'm probably not going to get the trade in the first place. Okay. So okay. it's not the little. He's not. He's not. He's not going for per se the little fish. He he is trying to. He is. Trying no, to I had I had I had fourteen thousand percent plays last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Bob, any final uh, 
questions for Brian? No, but I mean Brian and I we we uh, we chat a lot, so he's uh, I'm uh, I'm very happy to have him on the show, and, and he's he's definitely um, a worthy uh, analyst out there. I just I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, man, you're 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 the real deal, and, and it didn't take you going to some um, some four year college to get that you know degree. No, it just, like took, it just took me getting really angry at it. Right, it's all, man. <laughs> and and it's like, but the thing a type personality. I don't like losing. I lost. <laughs> We're not doing the losing thing no more. You know, <laughs> right. But, but ultimately, like the whole Gator Gator Traders thing, it's all about like. I know how much bad information I sifted through to try to figure out how to learn how to do some of this stuff and at least be consistent. I mean, I'm not talking about like, you know, I'm not trying to create my own Wall Street bets type movement here or anything like that. I just want people to be consistent and safe. I don't want to see anybody get hurt doing this. Um, And that's that's why that's why Gator Traders became a thing. And that's why it's probably priced a lot cheaper than it should be. Yeah. And even though I'm adding content, I'm adding value to it constantly. I'm making new videos. I'm discussing new concepts. I'm bringing uh, bringing in. you know, a new newsletter and everything else, my prices aren't changing and they're not going to. And, that, uh, and because that's, ultimately, ultimately it's about helping people. That's, that's, that's what, that's what I'm doing this for. It's not even about the money. It's about helping people. The money's nice, a blessing to me and my family, but it's all about, it's all about just helping the little guy because nobody was there to help me. So I'm, I'm trying yeah. to eliminate that. And I'm glad, I'm glad you said that, Brian, because that, that was the thing is that, especially to the listeners, I want them to understand is, um, Brian does have a, a premium service that he offers and it is, um, there is a fee for the service, but it is worth it where, you know, over the money Vikings, we, we do look at, it's not just the stock market. There's, we look at holistically, um, real estate, retirement, health, building well being. In general. yeah, building yeah it's, it's overall, and, well. <laughs> but Brian, but Brian, you have this next level stuff where if, if, um, you know, getting into the stock market, just like the same, you know, we talked about that. We were the same level of frustration where you're, it, you're tired of, of being that little man being crushed by the, the guy with the bigger wallet. And he teaches so much around the technical analysis and, and really gets into the dirty of it and why things work. And it, and it will blow your mind, um, the things that Brian has learned. Uh, and he's actually, he's in a way kind of paying it forward. Um, and I agree with you, Brian. Like, I think that what, what you charge for a service is, um, is worth its way in Bitcoin and gold. You know, it's, it's, I, I um, think we heard, I think we heard there might be an opportunity for a little money Vikings discount too. I think so. That, um, what do you think, Brian? Yeah. Um, as, 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 soon as, as soon as y'all tell me what the promo code is, I can put in the promo code. Cool. Yeah. We'll get it. TMV 20. TMV 20. TMV 20. I can do that right now while we're talking. Oh, so that's it, great. what we, we what we wanted to do awesome. was any of the money biking listeners out there, if they wanted to kind of um, really start going down this path and, and pursuing um, a deeper understanding of of stock investment uh, from the technical perspectives and trying to find better trading ideas um, through that. Um, so uh, Brian has agreed to offer a twenty percent discount. Um, to the Money Viking listeners using TMV20 as the, the discount code. And it'll get you set up. And he, he offers amazing um, uh, content uh, on top of the the aspects and information that you receive over at Money Vikings as well. So, so is, it, is it capital TMV or no? Let's do capital TMV. Let's do it. All right, all capital letters. There it is. TMV20, going to be a 20% discount on any of the uh, any of my little uh, plans. Now, granted, this is on Discord. Okay, they need to understand this on Discord. Yep. So they have to, you know, have to 
download the app or go to it on their browser or whatever. But we got it. Twenty percent is going in right now. Yeah, boom. So that's great. great. And we'll run it for what two weeks? Sounds good. Let's do two weeks. Let's do two do weeks. It. So we'll get that out there and and uh, and hopefully uh, start getting some people taking advantage of that. And um, I, I but, love I love it, guys. Brian's been a true pleasure. Uh, I think you uh, I think you pushed us uh, into some new thinking, which I love. Uh, I, I got to do my homework now and uh, <laughs> and uh, try some of this stuff. Uh, I think we all are, uh, and look forward to uh, catching up with you in the future. I know you talk with Bobby quite a bit, but uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you down the road, my friend. Yeah, anytime. Anytime. This is great. Thank you. We are not financial professionals, and this podcast is designed for entertainment purposes only. We are regular folks who do research and present opinions to an audience in a fun way. Our opinions should not be construed with the views of any organizations we may be affiliated with. This podcast does not represent the thoughts, intentions, plans, strategies of our employers. It only represents the opinions of the authors. If you need specific guidance on your own financial situation, please consult a financial fiduciary professional.